0: Hello, and welcome back to the Beyond the Pitch podcast, season one, episode 23. This week's episode is from a live recording we've just done on Twitch. You can find me at Beyond the Pitch on Twitch. Uh, it's all linked below, of course. Uh, Make sure you follow the Twitter and uh, just a just a little announcement that there is a new podcast courtesy of Beyond Studios, the same studios that brings you this podcast called Backstage with Anya and Oscar. It's a uh, fantastic new podcast. It's just come out every Thursday. It'll be available to you wherever you find your podcast. Very pop culture focused um, celebrities, agony aunt sections, big interaction with a great audience. So make sure you check that one out. Uh, That is uh, linked below as well. And uh, hope you guys enjoy the episode. I'll speak to you guys soon. Okay, let's jump into it. First thing this afternoon is boxing: Anthony Joshua versus Dillian White. The rematch. The rematch is on. Um, now, Anthony Joshua has been out of the ring for a little bit. Uh, we've mentioned it before. We had a whole topic conversation about whether he should retire. Should he be like the guy that people fight on their way to the top? Like, if you beat Anthony Joshua, that's a great thing. If he, if he beats you, you know, you're still fighting uh, two-time heavyweight champion in the heavyweight champion of the world. I didn't want him to jump straight into a fight with Fury. I didn't want him to uh, go in with Wilder straight away. I thought he needed a tough fight, but something that he can win. Now, is Dillian White someone that he can beat? Uh, Yeah, I mean, he's done it twice before, but Dillian White is a fantastic heavyweight, the body snatcher. I'm a huge, huge fan of him. Uh, I'm more excited for this rematch, weirdly, than I thought for the previous two fights. Um, They fought back in what, the first fight was what, 2016? Um, That might be completely wrong. When was the first one? 2015, December 2015. Then they had a rematch a couple of years later. Is that right? Uh when was the date of that one? Date of that one was uh Is this not the is not is this not the rematch the rematch? I swear they've had two fights. Or was that meant to be made last year? God, that's my poor boxing knowledge, isn't it? I almost tempted to just restart and and pretend like I didn't say that. Yeah, no, they have fought. Oh, I'm, I'm thinking of the amateurs, that's why. So, technically, it is the rematch, the rematch, the rematch. Because they fought when the amateurs in 2009. Then they had their proper fight in the heavyweight um, division for the... Were there t- title belts in the fight? Uh, was it British title? I don't know. Um, 2015. Uh, and, I, and I guess this is the third fight for them. Um, and I'm very excited for it. I think it's better than the first heavyweight fight they had. Because I think there's more for Dillian White to win here. Um, Now, supposedly, it's going to be August 12th. That is six weeks away. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. If we get that fight in six weeks, that's phenomenal. Because uh, Eddie Hearn came out and said, AJ versus Wilder is going to happen. Uh, Supposedly, end of the year, December time, around about the time that we see, just after we see Fury fight. We're expecting Fury to get to the ring about November um and then it it gives us hope that we get a spring early summer fight for um fury versus aj still huge huge fight in the boxing world that needs to happen within the next year otherwise i'm not going to show any interest in it anymore boxers are becoming so frustrating in um failing to to make these fights happen um So I do hope that we see some sort of progression. Look, Tyson Fury is notorious for being an absolutely terrible um, negotiator. All of his fights get pushed back because he just wants more money. He says that Tyson Fury always says, oh, I want to fight for the belts. I want to show everyone how good I am. No one's going to beat me. I'm the Gypsy King. And then spends months and months going, oh, no, I need 70%. Oh, I need 8%. You know, Um the man doesn't need any more money just get these fights on we've had it before in in the original era of heavyweight boxing lennox lewis mike tyson vander holyfield a lot of these big superstar fights end up not happening because um fighters these days are now too too worried about money back in the day when boxing was proper boxing i like to say um fighters didn't care we need to get i said this a couple weeks ago i said boxing needs to become more like the UFC and everyone needs to forget about their um, their records and just get in there and have a scrap. Look, if if you're putting on a show, the audience is going to love it. Your fans aren't going to complain. It doesn't matter if AJ has three fights, three losses. If he goes in there and smashes up Fury, everyone's going to be behind him again. So I think that everyone needs to sort of get their act together and um, start... Um, I don't know just start fighting that's all we're looking for so as I said Tyson Fury absolutely terrible at negotiating um, we're expecting him to hop in the ring this year um, I don't expect it'll be before November I don't really know he's going to fight it won't be Usyk um, it won't be Wilder it won't be AJ it won't be White who's it going to be? There were talks of Andy Ruiz Jr. Um, a couple of months ago. I think that's kind of fallen flat. Wilder wants to fight Ruiz Jr. That could be a good fight to see Wilder get back into the, you know, if he he's thirty four now, thirty five. He's not got many years left, and um, he's kind of peaked already, hasn't he? Uh, Excuse me. Um, I actually hate talking about Wilder because. I think he is done and dusted, but the problem is he's still got that right, cracking right hand. And he's a terrible hes a terrible boxer, but he's a great fighter. Um, so he can certainly swing and hit hard. Okay. Um, up next in the boxing world is Zhilé Zhang versus Joe Joyce. The rematch is finally happening. There were talks of Joe Joyce kind of negating it and just moving on. And everyone kind of forgiving that... Look, these eye eye incidents happen all the time. Uh, he could have shattered his orbital socket, which he would have been at for ages, which uh, is really bad swelling, a little crack, I think. Uh, and now I'm glad that um, rematch is happening. I love Joe Joyce. I think he's a great fighter. I'd love to see him in there with Tyson Fury because Joyce typically has a very, very good chin. Um, yes, that didn't really show against uh, Gillet Zhang, uh, although Joyce retired from an eye injury. His chin didn't look great. Zhang's old. He's been there. He's done that. Um, and Joyce should have been winning that. And I think he will win, win the rematch probably within five or six rounds. Um, but we'll see. We'll probably be we we'll probably do a watch along for that. Um, the rematch is on. I don't think there's an actual date for it, is there? Um, let me have a quick look versus Joyce. The date for that is... Oh, here we go. September 23rd. I believe I'm around for September 23rd, so we will probably do a watch-along for it, I imagine. That gives us uh, two and a half months, plenty of time, plenty of time for that one. Very, very excited. And the other rematch that is coming about is um, Liam Smith, Liam Beefy Smith versus Chris Eubank Jr., The rematch is expected for late summer. I imagine probably start of September, if we're lucky, maybe around the same time as um, Joyce Zhang. It could go on the same date. I hope it doesn't, but it'll be, you know, Sky Sports Boxer versus uh, what will be TNT Sports by then, not BT. So it could do. Sometimes we do get those rival fights, see who can bring in the most numbers. I imagine Smith Eubank would probably bring in the most. How do I see that fight going? And of course, we'll we'll cover it more as we get closer. Liam Smith is fit to fight. I see it unfortunately going the same way. I wanted Chris Eubank Junior to fight um, Connor. Uh, yeah, did I want him to fight Ben? Yeah, probably. I mean. Look, this fight is good. I'll still watch it. Um, I think Eubank's probably kind of done. He's not going to win a title. Um, they're both sort of past it. It's just settling beef, really. And, and Chris Eubank believes that he could have won the first fight. So we'll see. We'll watch that when, when that comes around. I, I probably do expect that to be about September time. Uh. So that's okay. it in terms of boxing. Not too much to cover. There's a lot of chatter at the moment, unfortunately. There's not much signing of papers. Um, but, of course, as any fights come up, uh, we will be covering them. I believe, is it Marshall versus Clarissa Shields this weekend uh, for the women boxing tonight? Is that right? Um, Clarissa Clarissa Shields. Is she fighting this evening? Uh, I believe I'm out, so I won't be able to watch that uh, i know who uh, savannah marshall no nope. who's the fight tonight then uh, one of them's fight <laughs> one of them's fighting this evening um but i'm not watching clearly so um anyway the female boxing um circuit is fantastic at the moment i want to definitely make some more time to to uh, to keep watching it um right let's move into football david De Gea has caught con- his contract has run out at man united he's been there for 12 years number one goalkeeper actually fantastic he's won um plenty of plenty of titles with us fa cups um europa leagues that's about it, actually, isn't it? Really, Carabao Cup most recently. We've not won much in the last, well, 12 years that he's been here. Um, arrived at the end of the Fergie era. Um, but a, a fantastic goalkeeper. And a surprise that Man United had let him, his contract run out, to be honest. Now, there, there were talks. He had to take a pay cut. He was willing to take the pay cut. Then, talks got put on hold because things were going on. David De Gea is getting married this weekend. Um, they then came back with a new contract for him, where he had an even more pay, bigger pay cut, Now the man was on about 280k, I think, um, or 250k, he was being taken down to about 200, I think, which I think is pretty fair, um, it doesn't really need to be on that big of money, then I think they were offering him like 140, 150, which like 50k isn't a lot to these guys, but When that's coming in weekly, uh, it does make a big difference, and I think that's a bit insulting to sort of drop his pay by over a hundred thousand. Yeah, the 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 market for Man United has been pretty dreadful so far. Look, it's it's only been open for a short amount of time, but we've sold three players, um, all for about eight hundred thousand each. Or we sold two since the start of the market: Ethan Laird and um, Iqbal. Uh, led great right back option i think um i used to play with him on fifa um that's all i can remember about him youngster we'd already lost james garner earlier in the year which i don't understand why we sold him i think he's an absolutely fantastic um player i thought he was going to be sort of future starter for man united then yeah Iqbal gone for about uh 1.2 million or something like that uh, he's gone to eintracht uh a big loss there i think really we've seen him play in the senior squad he's gone been with us since he was like five years old or something uh so an interesting one uh, to lose a player with that sort of dedication to the club but that's the glazers for you and we've just got terrible negotiating teams at the moment so i'm really hoping this qatar deal gets put through um and we don't have to stop worrying about it or we, we can stop worrying about it even uh what next what's next? Um, so, yeah, with David De Gea leaving Man United, as I think he will, I don't see these contract talks going in a positive direction. I think if David wants a good end to his career, he should probably leave. I'm not sure who would take him. Uh, he deserves starting at most clubs in the top like 25 in the world, or top 20, really, isn't it? Um, I-, I want him to stay at United. I do. I just don't see it going the right way um we're already looking to put in a bid for onana the Inter milan goalkeeper uh they're wanting about 55 million for him i think uh 50 to 60 million which is probably fair it's quite a lot for a goalkeeper uh i'd expect united will probably bid about 40 it'll get rejected we'll do 45 with five add-ons i imagine that's how it'll go little four five-year contract um Look, he's a great placement. Erickson Hag is a huge fan of him. Uh, Would he be happy to sit in second place behind David De Gea? I think so. I think if you came to a club you like United, you were guaranteed you played all our European games. Obviously, we are in the Champions League. Would you play him in the Champions League? Probably would. Um, David De Gea can have Premier League. Onano can do Champions League, uh, FA Cup, Carabao, um, all those things. Yeah, we'd have to see. I think he's a great, great option um, from David De Gea. And if David De Gea leaves, I wouldn't be mad about Onana starting. Now, talking of 55 million, of course, Mason Mount has now come to Man United. It's official live. Here we go. Thank you, Fabrizio Romano, uh, for confirming that one. 55 mil is a bit of a joke for Mason Mount, I think. I think he's worth about 40, 35. I think he's good. Uh, But the performance he's put on over the last year at Chelsea... Has not been fantastic, and if you compare his stats to Caicedo, who was another uh, midfield option I wanted for United, uh, Caicedo is, is miles above in terms of the last season. Uh, of course, Caicedo, Caicedo, Caicedo is double the price. Uh, they're wanting about a hundred million for him, which is also another joke. Uh, divinity thank you uh, for the poster check. Uh, welcome, my friend. Yes, I um, appreciate that. Um, yeah, so. Uh, look, I would have gone for Caicedo, but I imagine United... Uh, supposedly, Eric Ten Hag has been told that he has about £100 million to spend, £150 million net, so he needs to sell some players, uh, and that's all he's really got to work with, which, to be honest, is about three signings. Three, maybe five signings. Uh, four or five signings. Um, <clears throat> we need another midfield option. I think... <coughs> look, Man United have let Sabitzer and Vekhorst go back to their original clubs. Do I think that's a wise decision? I'm a big fan of Marcel Sabitzer. When he was signed for the rest of the season, I was very, very happy. I thought he'd be offered like a one or two year contract. You know, something short, just to see if he can prove himself on a long-term basis. But no, he's quite injury prone. We didn't get to see him that much. I think he was unlucky that he got injured at the end of our season. Didn't get to see him in our finals. Um... So I can kind of understand not having the complete confidence in how he works in the team. Um, also, Vukveghorst, look, he's a. I think he's a fantastic bench option. He offers so much pace and dedication. He always does runs those extra miles that so many other players don't want to do. Uh, is it worthwhile letting him go? I'm not sure, really. We don't really have any bench options. We don't really have any strikers. Harry Kane's not coming. That is guaranteed not to happen. Who's our striker? We... Uh, Rasmus Hoyland, maybe. I mean, I'd be very happy for him to come from Atalanta. Uh, I think he's fantastic. 20-year-old, very agile, scores... I want to say 10 goals last season, but I think it might have been eight. He's only 20. 20. Um, So it could be a good option, but I feel like you need the experience up there. I hope Martial stays. Can really teach Hoyland some things. Uh, Rashi can, of course, as well. They'll work really well together. Maybe... maybe, Erik ten Hag is trying to build a more youthful team. Like we've got Casemiro, who's pretty old. I say old, older. Ericsson who's older. Uh, De Gea, if he stays, older. Bruno, actually not that old, but one of the older ones. Um, there's a lot of change that needs going on. I think we do need a little bit more of a boost in terms of this transfer market. So we'll be interested to see where Man United go with that. Declan Rice to Arsenal for 100 million. They managed to outbid Manchester City. Who knew? Uh, that was possible, but they are still, by the looks of it, oh, I've been reading, they're going to be going, putting in an official bid uh, Divinity. Thank you very much for the subscription. Uh, very, very kind. Uh, subscribed with Prime. You guys can all do that, by the way, for free uh, in the bottom right-hand corner. If you click subscribe, there'll be an option to do so with Prime, completely free, really helps out the channel. So Divinity, appreciate that one. Thank you very much. Um, yeah. Arsenal are supposedly going to be taking making a bid for Kylian Mbappe. Kylian Mbappe. Um, uh, there was not really in the tune to his song, but do I think this bid is realistic? No. Do I think they have the money for it? No. Do I think that Kylian Mbappe would move to Arsenal? No. Would it be a good move for Arsenal? Yes. Um, are these just Twitter rumours? Probably. I think that sums up the story pretty well for you guys. Look, I'd love for Mbappe to come to Premier League I think realistically the only clubs that could afford him is City and maybe United if Qatar are feeling really generous I don't see him going to Arsenal I think if Arsenal had won the league maybe if they'd offer them like four 500k a week Um, but Arsenal don't tend to spend that much cash they've got a great owner that works really well with the club everyone seems pretty happy but, um, yeah, they're not really going to be spending... I mean, how much would Mbappe go for? 140? One, 150? One, um, I don't think he'd be the most expensive signing ever. Of course, that was Neymar when he went to PSG. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say probably you need about 150 for Mbappe to even enter the, the negotiation stages. But I just don't don't expect that deal to go through for Arsenal um, but we'll keep an eye on it, of course. We'll keep an eye on it. Uh, now, in terms of international football, some of the news that's going on at the moment, before we uh, do our final segment of the F1, international football is Sevilla have announced they've put every single player on the market this summer transfer market. Sevilla, who, of course, won the Europa League but finished 12th in La Liga, have put have, are now in €90 million euros of debt and have claimed that every player is possible to be sold this summer. Now, that's unlikely to happen because they can, of course, turn down bids. But the fact that every player, if someone comes with the right bid, is available. Now, I've not really had a chance to look through the Severe squad in full, but it's something we'll discuss through the week. Um, who would you pick up if you're a Premier League fan at um, listening wherever that might be on podcast, uh, wherever you find your podcast, you can listen. You can watch this on Twitch for the next couple of weeks and it's, of course, going to be uploaded to YouTube, our first uh, YouTube upload uh, at Beyond the Pitch Podcast or Beyond the Pitch. be linked below. Um, Let me know what you think. Who would you take from Sevilla if you uh, could offer whatever money that might be? Let me know. which, Which players excite you? Is there anybody you'd snap up or does this desperate ploy uh, seemed like a bit of a cover-up. Oh, look, we're trying to, you know, make back some money, um, get out of debt. Uh, but um, when you actually want to go buy some of their top players, they're going to turn you away. So we'll see. We'll keep an eye on that, of course, in the coming weeks. Now, the big topic of conversation this weekend for me is the Austra- Australian Austrian Grand Prix. Uh, th- we are 20 minutes away from lights out for the sprint. Uh, I'll be heading off to watch the sprint but you can keep up with me uh, via my twitter which is at beyond pitch pod linked below now if you I'm doing a live stream tomorrow for the actual race um the race tomorrow is at 2 p.m so we'll be going live about 145 um I believe let me just check that that's 145 tomorrow we're going live we are going live at 145 tomorrow that is for the Australian grant no not australian i i I ironically said Australian to start with and Now it's it's the only thing that's stuck in my head. The Austrian Grand Prix. um, Whole new format this weekend. Uh, FP1 starts on Friday. Then you have qualifying on Friday afternoon, which decides the grid for Sunday. We'll go through the grid in a moment. And then on Saturday morning uh, at 10 o'clock, we had the Sprint Shootout, which is a uh, a one-lap, sort of speed a bit like qualifying your your best lap uh, that sets the grid for the sprint which happens Saturday afternoon now the sprint shootout and the sprint itself have no effect on the race on Sunday afternoon which is fantastic this new format offers so much more aggressive racing and we're seeing that from a prime example example exa- example <laughs> can't talk of Lando Norris the look, the the Haas as well and the McLaren of Lando Norris have always had fantastic one-lap speed. Got two Haases in the top 10 for, I believe, both the sprint and the race. So the sprint grid we have got uh, that's kicking off in 20, 15 minutes. Max Verstappen, Sergio Perez, Lando Norris, who was only beaten by Sergio Perez by uh, 0.08 of a second Um Then Nico Hülkenberg, fourth in the Haas. Uh, About about half a second behind Max Verstappen. Not bad for a Haas. Uh, Carlos Sainz in the Ferrari, Fernando Alonso, Lance Stroll, Esteban, Ocon, Charles Leclerc and Kevin Magnussen. So two Haases in the top 10. And I believe the starting grid on Sunday, we have the exact same situation. Pretty similar top 10. Uh, We've got Verstappen, Leclerc, Sainz, Norris, Hamilton, Stroll, Alonso Nico Hulkenberg, Pierre Gasly, and Alex Albon again having a fantastic qualifying in the Williams in 10th. George Russell was out, of course, uh, starting 11th in Mercedes. I was completely wrong. Kevin Magnussen is down in 19th in the Haas. But a fantastic grid place uh, for both the Haases. Now, there are 36 points available in the sprint format. So, eight points for the winner of the sprint all the way down to one point for the eighth place uh and as I said the sprint has no impact whatsoever on the race for Sunday which is fantastic we're going to see really aggressive driving Lando Norris is a prime example don't be surprised if Lando Norris is in the top three for the end of the sprint race which I'll be very very excited for he needs more points and McLaren are desperate for more points as a whole look let's be honest Max Verstappen probably going to win it uh the last sprint that we had was Azerbaijan, I think so. But I know that Sergio Perez won the sprint last time round and then went on to win the race. I think just giving you that confidence of winning the sprint is absolutely fantastic for the Sunday. We've got four more sprints this year three or four more sprints. I think we've got another one this month. Uh, but yeah, really, really excited. This, of course, is the Red Bull ring in Austria. Um, I guess the home race uh, for the Red Bull boys. Currently sat first and second for the sprints, And uh, first and fifth? No. Nope. First and... Uh, oh, no. First and 15th, sorry. Uh, not fifth. I had it written down as fifth, but I meant 15th. Because Sergio Perez... Uh, had a pretty tough time out on track. Um, We haven't particularly got time to um, uh, cover that, unfortunately. But we'll discuss it tomorrow. So come back tomorrow for the actual race. We're going to be chatting a lot about Sergio Perez and his future at Red Bull. Is it in uh, jeopardy, I guess you could say? Of course, the man, the myth, the legend, that is Daniel Ricciardo is expected to make a return to F1 for the 2024 season. There's a possibility of him having a seat at AlphaTauri. It's part of the Red Bull family, so it's an easy move for him. Um, do I think that it can happen? Yeah, I think AlphaTauri would take him. I think he's looking for that Red Bull seat. Don't be surprised if we see for... If we if we see Daniel Ricciardo in a Red Bull seat... For the Vegas Grand Prix, don't be surprised. Driver swaps can happen. It is possible. And that, what a marketing technique that would be for Red Bull. I think if you've already got Max, you know, you're not going to take Max out of his seat. I think Max is probably going to win majority of the races we have left for this season. But for the Vegas Grand Prix later this year, which I'm very, very excited for, I think we could see Daniel Ricciardo back into a Red Bull seat because it's such a great marketing tactic. Even if he comes dead last, I think just him being out there is is a great move for Red Bull. And um, it's not like Sergio Perez is picking up the world's m- most amount of points. He has been struggling. And it's crazy to think the difference in performance between Sergio Perez and Max Verstappen. Now, there's three answers to this. Sergio's just having a bit of a confidence crisis at the moment. The Red Bulls are boosting Max's car or Max is just not being enough being given enough credit for what a phenomenal driver he is. I'm not a huge Max fan. I love all drivers on the grid but at some reason there's something about me that doesn't like Max I just think he's really cocky. Um, I don't like Christian Horner maybe that maybe that uh, you know maybe that dampens my opinion on the Red Bull team as a whole um, I just think that they come across as arrogant and a bit rude some things seem fishy. They got away with uh, overspending. They went past the budget cap last year or uh, the year before. No one seemed to care about that because uh, by the time they came up with the decision, they were like, oh, well, it's been like two years now. We're not going to impede any penal- push any penalties for this. I think it's silly. I think that still has tinged something in the back of my mind. Um, but look. Max is an absolutely phenomenal racer. And the difference he's putting into that Red Bull car over Sergio Perez is insane. Now, I think my the most realistic opinion of this is probably the fact that Sergio Perez is having a bit of a confidence crisis. And that is why I think Daniel Ricciardo will be in the Red Bull for the Vegas Grand Prix. So you've heard it here. We'll keep an eye on it, of course. I absolutely love Daniel Ricciardo. uh, And I I do hope we see him back in uh, an F1 car very, very soon. Uh, Charles Leclerc for this afternoon has been given a three-place grid penalty uh, for impeding Piastri during the shootout for the sprints. So he has dropped down uh, three places. My prediction for the sprint, we'll give you a prediction for the sprint first of all. And then we'll go through the track itself. Uh, I imagine Max will win. I'm going to say Carlos Sainz will finish second. Lando Norris third. Alonso fourth. Nico Hulkenberg fifth. And then I don't know from there. I do think the Haas is going to have a fantastic afternoon. I don't know why. I think I'm stupid for saying that. um, Because they don't have continuous speed. But I'd love the Haas to do well. But uh, yeah... I think Lando... I think Lando will finish second. And I think... I think Sainz will come up to third or... Or interchangeably. And then Max Max will win. Um, so, yes, of course, we're back tomorrow. Sunday, the 2nd of July, we are going to be live for the F1 watch-along of the Austrian... Not Australian. Austrian Grand Prix. So, very excited for that. 71 laps. 306 kilometres. Um... Carlos Sainz holding the lap speed of a hundred and hundred and five, uh, one minute five point six um, last year. Now that's already been beaten by Max in a one hundred and four, uh, but that's not been happened in the actual race. So we'll see what happens there. Three DRS detection zones. Look, I actually love it this uh, this ring because there is a nice downhill to some very open corners. Uh, we've only really got two proper sharp corners. It's turn three and turn ten. Um, They're pretty tight. Both right-handers as well. Uh, So it'll be interesting to watch the tyre degradation. Yeah, a lot of right-handers. We've got three going right, four going right. Uh, Let me see. I'm driving round. Nine going right, ten going right, one going right. So, yeah, most of our corners are right-handers. So some serious degradation that uh, drivers have to be careful of. We did get a few... um, Lap times deleted over the weekend so far, so do expect a bit more impeding um, from the drivers. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if someone gets shown the flags. Um, what else has happened? Oh, of course, the big news for F1 before we wrap up is Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney have invested into Alpine. Now this is an absolute huge statement. Uh, at nine nine seven, thank you very much uh, for following. This is a huge, huge investment. They are part of a uh, an investment group, including the actor Michael B. Jordan, who have bought out 24% of Alpine. Now, it, they're not going to be able to add huge amounts of funds to the F1 team, but what they will add is fantastic media coverage because we're going to be seeing the likes of Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney at F1 a lot, lot more. Are we going to get an Alpine-centred, you know, welcome to Alpine like we got with welcome to Wrexham, I'd be very happy for it. Would it be allowed with Drive to Survive already existing? Who knows? Um, the media coverage that Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds are going to offer for Alpine is fantastic. And shirt sales, merchandise, everything is going to go through the roof of them. Brilliant investment for all of them. Um, not the cheapest of, uh, of F1 teams to get involved in, but uh, definitely one of the easiest. I think they are... Alpine are kind of like a bit bland, aren't they? They're not really, there's not really much going for them, I don't ever think. Um, Like at least with Haas, who are a small team, you've got Gunther Steiner, uh, who don't fuck smash my door. Um, He's brilliant. He's really entertaining. So you either need an entertaining team principal and team boss or some great drivers or just something interesting around the team. And so far, Alpine are very just meh. So I think the involvement of Rob Malcoheny, Ryan Reynolds and Michael B. Jordan buying a 24 stake, 24% stake in Alpine. Fantastic for both the sport and the team. And uh, I look forward to watching them excel. Now, I was expecting to do this podcast for 45 minutes. We've been live for 44 minutes, 44 seconds, which is fantastic. We are eight minutes away from the F1 sprint starting. Tomorrow, reminder tomorrow, 1.45pm UK time, I'm going live for the F1 watch along of the Austrian Grand Prix. I shouldn't have made a joke about it being the Australian one because I can't get out of my head now. So I'm live tomorrow, 1.45, uh, for a watch song. So come along for that. Have your say. Well, it's a big conversation as the race goes on. Um, very, very excited. I expect a double masterclass from Max. I think he wins today. I think he wins tomorrow. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets fastest lap. Lando Norris, I expect to come second or third in the sprint today. I don't know. I'm just feeling it. I'm hoping it happens. God, I love that man. I want him to do really, really well. Uh, anything else? Any other predictions? Any other things going on? I don't think so. You'll be able to watch this full episode either on Twitch for the next couple of weeks or it'll be uploaded to YouTube, which if it isn't linked below, I'm going to be tweeting out the YouTube link later. Um, so follow my Twitter, super active on Twitter, at beyondpitchpod. So share that with your friends, your family, your nan, you're all welcome. Hit that follow button, subscribe if you can, you subscribe for free using using Twitch Prime, so if you click in the bottom right hand corner to subscribe, it gives you an option to do so with Prime, free for you, helps out the channel, uh, really, really useful. Yeah, we are, of course, getting these up on YouTube, I've got a new podcast, Backstage with Anya and Oscar, Backstage, all one word, with Anya, A-I-N-E, and Oscar, on all podcasting platforms check that out, check out the TikTok, check out everything. It's all linked below. Thank you guys so much for watching, and I'll catch you guys tomorrow for the F1, and on my Twitter now for the F1 Sprint. I will see you guys later. See ya!